Today on In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. Farag. And you don't have it because you don't ask for it. You don't seek for it. You don't, and you don't seek it. And you don't knock on the door and keep knocking to get it because you don't see the value of it. And you don't believe that I will do it. You know, sometimes I think God just likes to blow our minds and do things that are just over the top because He can, because He's God. You're listening to In Spirit and Truth, the radio ministry of Pastor J.D. Farag of Calvary Chapel, Kaneohe. Pastor J.D. is currently teaching through the book of Proverbs. You have not because you ask not. In today's message from Pastor J.D., he teaches you to come to the Lord boldly in prayer. God has the ability to do far beyond what you ask, think, or imagine. Don't put limitations on Him. Come to Him earnestly. Seek, and you'll find Him. Knock, and the door will be open to you. Now be sure to stay with us after today's message to hear how you can get your own copy of today's broadcast. Subscribe to the In Spirit and Truth podcast or download the In Spirit and Truth iPhone or Android mobile app. But for now, here's Pastor J.D. in Proverbs chapter 2 with today's edition of In Spirit and Truth. Isn't it true that we will seek after those things that we perceive to have value? We don't treasure the commands of God, the Word of God. Again, we were talking about this on Sunday. You'll forgive the references to Sunday. I'm still just on my face before the Lord, just really crying out to the Lord. You know, it reminds me of in the Old Testament where it was said of that day that the Word of God was rare in the land. You know why the Word of God was rare in the land? The Word of God was rare in the land because there was no value. There was no value placed on the Word of God. And again, I don't want to get too far off into this, but this is what's happened in the church in America today. Pastors don't value the Word of God. They've lost confidence in the Word of God, and they've abandoned the Word of God. And that's why the Word of God is rare in the land. And with it, so too is prayer. If you were to ask me why it is I believe that Christians don't pray, my answer would be that they don't see the value of prayer. They don't know how powerful prayer is. I would even venture to say, and I'll take it at least this far, I would even venture to say that they have never experienced or tasted from the cup of answered prayer, the joy that comes from answered prayer. I was thinking of this story, probably should have brought it so I don't misquote it, but basically it was like this, and a true story. This king in his kingdom had one day a year where any of his subjects could ask him for anything. And so it was, I think, something like a lottery where they would pick somebody and then that person would be given this opportunity to go before the king and ask him for anything. And so usually, typically, the one who won that that opportunity, that lottery, if you will, would ask the king for, you know, some, you know, financial gold or whatever, or some, you know, treasure. And, and you know, that was it. 
And then the king would grant it, obligated by his word to grant it. One day of the year the king would do that. Well, on one particular year, the winner of that opportunity came to the king and said, I would like a palace built on all of this land. I would like to have this many servants. I would like to have chariots. I want to have horses. I want to have, and he goes down this whole list. And I mean, everybody's going, this, this guy's taking it way too far. And lo and behold, the king says, granted. And all of his men were, I mean, baffled like, what in the world are you doing? The audacity that this man would come to you and ask for such grand and glorious riches, and then for you to grant him that which he asked for. And you know what the king's response was? It was the first time that I had somebody who asked me for that which only I can do as king. And I wonder to myself sometimes, if God isn't in heaven, just waiting on standby for us to pray and to ask Him for grand and glorious things. I mean, over the top, off the charts. So here it is. The whole of heaven, the heavenly host is on hold. Shh, JD's getting ready to pray. Gabriel, Michael, get over here. Let's get ready. What's he going to pray for? Man, if it's good and it brings us glory, brings me glory, let's, you guys get down there and you get it done. Here he comes. Quiet. Quiet. And here I, here I am. Here's my prayer. Lord, bless this food to our bodies. And, and here's God going, okay, never mind. Go back. Just false alarm. Here I thought he was going to ask me to do that which only I can do. Sometimes we, we pray such little prayers to such a big God. I mean, you think about as parents and grandparents, right? What we want to do, the, the lengths that we will go to bless our children, to provide for our our children. My son's back in college in California. He calls me up and says, hey, can I uh, get this? I'm like, yeah, that's all you want? He's like, really? <laughs> no, just whatever you want. Oh, thank you, Baba. And it's one of those moments where I just imagine my Heavenly Father saying, you see what you just did there? How much more do I want to do that? Well, just, just ask me. I have everything you need. I have everything you need, and, you, and it's just there for the asking. And you don't have it because you don't ask for it. You don't seek for it, you don't, and you don't seek it, and you don't knock on the door and keep knocking to get it because you don't see the value of it. And you don't believe that I will do it. You know, sometimes I think God just likes to blow our minds and do things that are just over the top, because He can, because He's God. Verse 6, For the Lord gives wisdom, 
From his mouth come knowledge and understanding. He stores up sound wisdom for the upright. He is a shield to those who walk uprightly. He guards the paths of justice and preserves the way of his saints. Then verse 9, you will understand righteousness and justice, equity and every good path. Verse 10, listen to this. When wisdom enters your heart and knowledge is pleasant to your soul, discretion will preserve you. Understanding will keep you a protection for you, over you. Verse 12, to deliver you from the way of evil, from the man who speaks perverse things from those who leave the paths of uprightness to walk in the ways of darkness, who rejoice in doing evil, verse 14. Isn't that amazing? There are actually those, especially in our day, the day in which we live, that actually rejoice in doing evil. They delight in doing evil. I think of what Jesus said, that in the last days it will be like it was in the days of Noah. And the days of Noah were so evil, it was so evil that they would invent new evil ways. I guess they just got bored with the old ones. They'd wake up in the morning and think about what more evil can we do today. That's how evil it was. The imaginations were only always continually evil. And they delighted in it and rejoiced in it. And what God is saying is that when wisdom enters our heart, discernment, understanding, knowledge, all of the above, it will serve to protect us from that evil and those who rejoice in doing evil. Not only do they rejoice in doing evil, verse 14, they delight in the perversity of the wicked, whose ways are crooked, and who are devious in their paths. And then verse 16, there's kind of a turning of this corner from the evil of man to the seduction of a woman. Verse 16, to deliver you from the immoral woman, from the seductress who flatters with her words. And oh my goodness, (sighs) men have egos. And I tell you, we we have to be so careful, guys. I mean, all it takes is for someone to say something like, Oh, you're such a man of God. Wow. What else did you notice about me? Verse 17, the description continues concerning this immoral woman who forsakes the companion of her youth and forgets the covenant of her God, for her house leads down to death and her paths to the dead. None who go to her return, verse 19. How chilling is that? Nor do they regain the paths of life. God wants to protect you from that. Man, So, verse 20, you may walk in the way of goodness and keep to the paths of righteousness, for the upright 
will dwell in the land, and the blameless will remain in it. But, verse 22, the wicked will be cut off from the earth, and the unfaithful will be uprooted from it. You know, this is one of those places in the Word of God, and there are many other places like it, where it is so helpful to view it through the lens of a Father who loves me so much and wants to protect me from harm and from danger. This is a warning, and it's particularly a warning to men who are susceptible. It's a protection. God wants to protect us. I I think of, it's actually a hymn from many years ago, I'm under the spout where God's blessing comes out. Well, I think this passage here in the Proverbs is saying, don't get out from under the spout where God's protection comes out. I mean, this is a father who loves his son, written by Solomon for his son to warn him as a protection. And it It's profoundly and sadly ironic that it would be Solomon himself that is brought down by the very immoral woman he is warning his son about. Now I guess it would be appropriate to ask the question, did Solomon write, we know that he wrote thousands of Proverbs, some estimate over 3,000 Proverbs. We don't have all of those Proverbs. We just have in the canon of Scripture these Proverbs. I think there's shy of a thousand. Proverbs 1 through 29 were written by Solomon. Proverbs 30 and 31 were written by someone other than Solomon. So we have a, a just a portion of all of these Proverbs. And I know when we get to Ecclesiastes, it was sort of a a, a postscript, I guess, for lack of a better way of saying it, where Solomon basically says, I've been there, I've done that, and it was all emptiness. I had all the money a man could ever want. I had all the women a man could ever want. I mean, he had thousands of wives, not to mention concubines. The conclusion of the matter when he gets to Ecclesiastes, is to fear the Lord and obey His commands. That's the bottom line. I had more money than anybody could could ever imagine. I had more women. I had more of everything. I built things. I built, I mean, just everything. I did anything I wanted. I had anything I wanted. And when it all comes down to it, here's the conclusion. It was all vanity. And I, and I just, I don't know if this this particular passage in the Proverbs was written after the fact, as if to say, son, learn from my mistakes. If you're anything like me, and I suspect that you are, I would much rather learn from your mistakes than to learn them firsthand. I want to see you, this is, this sounds, that's so unloving the way I'm going to say this, but I would much rather see you suffer the consequences and see what you go through because of your folly and learn from it, so that I don't have to go through it myself. Don't, don't do what I did. 
Oh, I, I paid a very high price, son. I don't want you to repeat my folly. Stay away from the immoral woman. The immoral woman took me down. It was my downfall, son. Stay away from the wicked and evil man with the perverse lips and the the wickedness and the cunning and the deceit, because I was taken by many of them. Stay away from them. I wish I would have done what I'm telling you to do. Have you ever thought to yourself or even said to somebody that I wish I had somebody tell me what I'm about to tell you now when I was your age? I wish I would have. All those are, I wish, you never want to have to say that. I wish I would have sought the Lord, lifted up my voice, cried out to the Lord, sought for wisdom and discretion and discernment and understanding and knowledge, and searched for it and valued it as I would this valued treasure. I wish I would have persisted with a tenacity and never given up until I had obtained understanding and the fear of the Lord. It would have saved me from so much needless suffering. I needlessly suffered the consequences of my own folly, and I don't want you to have to go through that. I don't, I'm, I'm trying to protect you. And you know what's sad is, <laughs> some of us have to learn the hard way. Oh, I wish that that were enough for me. But it's kind of like, I have to do it, suffer for it, and then learn from it the hard way. I know this is going to date me, but do you remember, this is probably back in the 70s, the Fram oil filter commercials. They get this guy with a Fram oil filter. And the whole thing was, you can pay me now, or you can pay me later. The point being is, you buy this Fram oil filter, and you pay the, whatever the cost was, probably 59 cents at the time. (laughs) Those were the days, right? So you can pay for this Fram oil filter now, much less expensive, or you can pay me later when you're putting in a whole new engine in your car. In other words, there's the easy way, and there's the hard way. There's the inexpensive way, and there's the really expensive way. And that's what Solomon is saying here. Proverbs chapter 3. My son, do not forget my law, but let your heart keep my commands. For length of days and long life and peace they will add to you. Let not mercy and truth forsake you. Bind them around your neck. Write them on the tablet of your heart, and so find favor and high esteem in the sight of God and man. It's, it's kind of like, you know how sometimes people will tie a string around their finger to remember to not forget what they know they'll forget to remember if they don't tie that string around their finger. I, I used to do that. I don't do it anymore because I, I would put the string on and think, okay, what was that for again? 
<laughs> it just didn't work. It's a thing with me. But this is what Solomon is saying is, do whatever it takes so that you don't forget. I mean, tie a string around your finger, put a necklace around your neck, do whatever it takes, write it on the tablet of your heart indelibly. And if you will do that, then you will find favor and high esteem, not just in the sight of God, but in the sight of man as well. And then verse 5 and 6. Oh, we know these verses. We memorize these verses. We quote these verses. We sing these verses. Trust in the Lord with all your heart, and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge Him, and He shall direct your paths. This is, for obvious reasons, I would say a favorite for many a Christian. You'll forgive me for saying it like this, and I for lack of a better way of saying it, would suggest that those two verses actually provide for us the secret to success. I hate it when the world hijacks a biblical term and mars it and secularizes it. The secret to success. Not by the world standards, but the secret to success as it relates to living a blessed and fulfilled life, a God-directed life, a life, because we all choose our paths in life, but a life that has a path that is directed by the Lord. But here again, did you notice? There are three prerequisites. This is a conditional promise. Three conditions have to be met before the promise of having the Lord direct our paths can be realized. And by the way, some of your translations will render it, the Lord will straighten out your paths, or make your paths straight. And it carries with it the idea of God's going to straighten it out. You're on this path, <laughs> and it's quite perplexing actually. And you really don't understand. And that's a good thing, by the way, because if you did understand, you would lean on your own understanding, and you wouldn't acknowledge the Lord because you understand. Again, I know this is a firm grasp of the obvious, but when is it that we acknowledge the Lord in all of our ways? Is it true that we acknowledge Him when we don't understand? And conversely, when we do understand, we don't acknowledge Him? Proverbs is a book of action. The sage life applications written in its pages not only give you something to think about, but they inspire you to act upon what you've read. As you continue to study this book with Pastor J.D., approach each nugget of wisdom prayerfully, asking God to show you how you can incorporate it into your own life. He can and does teach you through His Word. We'd be honored to be praying for you during this study, would you let us know how we could be doing that for you? You can connect with us by visiting our website, inspiritandtruthradio.com, and clicking on Contact under the About tab. We'll get in touch with you as soon as we can. You'll also find us on Facebook and Twitter. and You're welcome to interact with us there. Pastor J.D.'s teachings are also available on YouTube. 
Links to all of these are available at our website. Are you part of a church? We want to encourage you to find and begin regularly attending a church in your area if you haven't already. If you're near Kaneohe, come visit us. You'll find all the information you need, including service times and directions to Calvary Chapel Kaneohe, on our website. Again, that's inspiritandtruthradio.com. That website also houses all of Pastor J.D.'s teachings, including his weekly prophecy updates and the ABCs of salvation. This is a simple guide to sharing the good news of salvation in Jesus. It can help you start a conversation with someone you love. That's all we have time for today. Thanks for joining us for this in-depth study of Proverbs, right here on In Spirit and Truth.